everyone. Welcome back to the Parallel Physiques podcast. Coach Kenneth and I are joined today with two amazing guests. This is Sonia and Matt, and they are coming to us from Seattle, apparently on like a sunny day, which is a miracle for them. And uh, we're going to get right into it and let them introduce themselves to you so you know who you're listening to today. And then we'll jump into our topic. Go ahead, guys. All right. Well, I am Matt Moses. Um, I have been in a brand building business, uh, including Rockstar Energy Drink. Uh, I helped Will Smith uh, do uh, Just Water, a couple of different beverage companies. So um, for me, uh, you know, just kind of like always been intrigued in different different things, coming up with different ideas and um, really just new, uh, like changing market, uh, opportunities. And, um, you know, obviously with rockstar energy drink, that was a massive, uh, thing that started from ground zero with just a concept of like, Hey, what can we do better and to be different? And then obviously even with just water, it was more about like sustainability, sustainability and packaging, um, and just coming up with, uh, better transitions and better ideas. So that's me. That's a brand building. Yes. Um, my name is Sonia and I am an online health coach. I've been in the functional space for about four and a half, five years, online coaching for about seven years now. Um, I work with integrative muscle and health. Um, so I'm a co-coach with Austin Stout and I, you know, I started this journey a while ago, um, when, when it comes to psychedelics. So it's actually funny when Kenneth asked us to be on here because we've talked so much about it. I was kind of like, oh, this is a really great opportunity because I don't feel like it gets talked about enough. And I think that in the side of functional health, there's a drive for a more in-depth approach and a more holistic approach to mental health. Um, and I'm just really excited to be on here talking about that today, because I think that if we had a little bit more, um, I think if the more people that have knowledge about it, the more people that might be open to explore, I always think the more people we can help, which obviously as health coaches, that's kind of like, yeah. you know, our passion, like it's this little, codependent, yeah. like, I just want to make this person better, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, for everybody listening, like the topic is psychedelics is going to be kind of broad. Um, I've had personal experiences with it. Sonia's had personal experiences with it. Matt's had personal experiences with it. Laura has not. Um, yes. so yeah. she's going to be the one that asks some of the questions. I think they're going to be interesting. Um, the common denominator between the three groups of people is Austin Stout. So, um, yeah. that's how Sonia and I met and you, I assume you're still coaching my sister. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, She's but like yeah, so my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so I shouldn't say that she, on I shouldn't yeah. say that on the podcast, but right. she's like one of my favorite humans. Like she's the best. Right. Yeah. She's such a sweet, sweet girl. Yeah. So we're we've been kind of chatting, hanging out uh, via Instagram for a while now, and when I was actually I was actually asking my audience, you know, what do you guys want to talk about? And Sonia pinged in and she was like, why don't you talk about your psychedelic experience? And I was like, oh, wow, this is perfect. So let's throw the two people that I know that know the most about it into the podcast. So um, do you want to start with maybe your experiences or kind of like your journey? And then we can kind of piggyback off that. Yeah, we can. Um, we'll start with journeys and then we can talk about kind of the like as an educational pathway, like our experiences with it and yeah. then maybe yeah. how it works. 
Um, yeah. I think that how it works is really important. So it takes the fear out of it really when we yeah. start to talk about psychedelics versus like SSRIs and MAOI inhibitors and stuff. We're like, wow, this is actually completely, um, yeah. they're, they're really similar in the way that they work inside of the body. Um, so my experience with, uh, psychedelics actually started about two years ago. I am a recovering drug addict. So I spent about 15 years in a pretty bad addiction to everything. So opiates, mostly dopamine driven, um, narcotics. So like amphetamines, methamphetamines, a lot of opiates, um, cocaine, pretty much anything <laughs> didn't really discriminate against anything for much. Um, and I got clean in 2013. And, um, I still had a lot of, um, trauma as I'm sure as anyone can imagine, you spend 15 years in a drug addiction and you come out with a lot of trauma. And I really lived in a, like too blessed to be stressed. Like I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But was extremely disassociated from my past. Um, yeah. and really like I had painted a story for myself that like none of it, it really an optimistic, like it made me who I was. So none of it really affected me. But yeah. I think that there was like massive unresolved trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Massive unresolved trauma that I had just kind of like shrugged off. Um, and I knew that um after I went through my divorce in 2019, I knew that a lot of that inner trauma was playing a big part into my kind of like obsessive, compulsive need for control. Right. So coming out of a prep really seeing it firsthand, not being able to like stop for anything, just constantly feeling like I was in this, like, like, um, fight or flight mode. Right. Like, obviously we're, I, I'm, I always get like, confused on podcasts of like where the, um, the listening audience is, but basically just cortisol on high all the time, complete adrenal failure, just completely just distraught over everything all the time. And my system was just heightened. And I knew that it had not necessarily ever come down from when I got clean. Right. And then right. through prep, it had only magnified everything. And if I really wanted to get and for the people that don't know what prep is, yeah. she's okay. talking okay, about, okay. She's talking sure about population. so here, so here's the thing. Okay. You've got my group of people listening okay. and half of them probably understand what prep is. And then you got Laura's group of people that, that are listening. They do not understand usually okay, so bodybuilding. Yeah. So jargon. going yeah. through an extreme bodybuilding prep, your, um, I think the reason I was so good at it and, and really connected with that was because every tiny little thing was controlled and I tracked mm -hmm. everything. And it was really a way for me to escape the present time into like disassociate. So I was either always tracking my food or doing cardio or going to the gym or thinking about this or doing posing. It was everything to not be in the moment because in the mm -hmm. moment was something I was very uncomfortable with. Yeah. You can kind of, I mean, addict behavior, if you addict look at behavior. it, like overall addict yeah. behavior is like that obsessive compulsive and like whatever you're going to do, whether it be bad or good, you're going to do it very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know right. what, what's so interesting about that to me is that that quote addict behavior you're talking about or coming off of the trauma um, and having the OCD and doing so well in your bodybuilding prep because everything was so controlled. I mean, I think about our lifestyle clients and I have some clients who like their habit tracker that they use is so detailed and everything has to be so much that I think that it's really important for us to think about this. You have this unbelievable story. You have this unbelievable history that that you had 
come out of right and, and you had find ways out of that and I think to say whether it's an unbelievable story or it's how we all do that with ourselves oh mine isn't that bad like I can hear people listening to this going oh mine isn't as bad as Sonia's but it is just as bad to ourselves like we don't have to have your experience so I think that's really important yes. to point out yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's trauma is trauma. And it's so funny because we even had to call each other out. He's like, I don't have any childhood trauma. I'm like, I don't have any childhood trauma. And I was like, I feel like we need to revisit your past a little bit. Um, it's funny, we, don't, we really undermine our, there's two people. We have people with more of a victim mentality, which I don't associate with much of those people, right? And then we have people that are kind of like that. It's not a big deal, right? And so we kind of fall into it's not a big deal, but it doesn't yeah. mean it doesn't need to be addressed. And the one thing I started really realizing when I started looking into using psychedelics was like, I am so disassociated. I can't, I can't be in a relationship. I can't be... I, even to be in a, an intimate experience, I had to be completely disassociated with music and like just, I couldn't be in any moment. Like I felt uncomfortable in any moment mm -hmm. unless I was alone. Um, and it felt really, um, it just felt like I was in a bubble, I guess, like in yeah. a fish tank watching the world, I guess is how I felt. Yeah, and I honestly, like, I think that kind of is a good intro for like my story, how we yeah. met one another. We were both, in that stage we were both kind of just numb and i was doing reckless things to just get feeling to feel something again um i will work my way backwards of like my stuff from that point was that i was do about four years of heavy alcohol and drug use where sonia and i are a little bit different is that she'd kind of done her thing and was in um, the outside of a box where for me, I was in the societal norms of the job and doing the day-to-day -day thing. But at the same time, I'm going out and, um, you know, drinking every single night, having 10 whiskey sours and just like aggressive behavior um, that was uh, considered almost normal uh, that people were doing um, when it comes to, you know, like, oh, it's just cool. He's just going out having some drinks because he's able to go to work the next day and function, you know? And for me, I was dealing with massive amounts of depression and not even realizing it more or less, you know, when her and I met, it was like, oh yeah, I've healed. I've grown. I've, I've done my depression. I've done my counseling. I'm, I'm in a good stage. Like life's good, you know, but really, you know, actually I sat down with her and she's like, well, are you, are you really happy? you know, really digging no, in. And like, no. obviously we were just sitting there and she was like, you know, where are you at? And now she's like, well, like almost like, cause I had all these red flags. <laughs> she was just asking about these red flags. Like a red flag factory over there. Yeah. And then she just literally was like, Hey, so how are you? And I, and I'd, I'd answer. And then I was just like, well, wait a second, pause thinking like, no, I'm actually lying to myself. That's not true. I'm not okay. I'm not in a happy place and I do want to change. I do want to grow. And at that point I was on tons of depression medicine. Um, like I said, I was drinking, I'm doing all this like just erratic behavior. And it was just like, it's, we got to come to something different. We got to come yeah. up with something new and, and, and have a change of our lifestyle. Really like high risk behavior. Like he didn't go anywhere on his bike unless it was like a hundred miles an hour. I'm like, can we slow down? Like, Yeah. Yeah, just to feel something again, it's hard to describe, but like, I wasn't like that 
you know, 15 years ago, I was just going in through almost like bad divorce, bad divorce. Yeah. And just like massive ego and just caught up in all these things. And then it got to be a point where, Oh, I'll take antidepressant medicine. Oh wait, I'm completely numb Mm. and can't feel anything. And that was one of the questions she said, do you want to get off the medicine? And I was like, no, I love this feeling. I can't feel it. I love being numb. This is <laughs> it's great. Like amazing because everything just bounces off of me. Like life is great. Yeah. Like, well, you don't get to feel anything though. And I'm like, oh yeah. He's like, I don't really feel anything either way. And I was for me, right? Because I'm a question asker. It's just natural. Like I'm like yeah. a natural researcher. I was like really intrigued because it was like, I- I'm trying to feel and I can't feel because I have this emotional block. And he's has high feelings and numbing it. And it's just that interesting perception with like feelings and human beings. And Kenneth, I'm sure you can relate to this too, right? With even your journey, like the, a lot of people are trying to feel the right stuff at the right time and not feel the bad stuff, at the bad times. And I think that yeah. we're almost in a society where like, we shouldn't, like, we don't necessarily always have coping skills for how to understand and work through the bad stuff and continue to like, like I can feel this and it's okay. And I can work through it. It's either numb it or exist. It doesn't happen or mm. anything to escape that feeling instead of sitting in it and working through it. And like psychedelics are kind of like that gateway into like, how do we sit in this emotion and how do we work through it so we can come out the other side? Yeah. Yep. I guess Man, there are so, there's like a whole list of people right now on my roster that I hope listen to this because you're saying exactly what I talk about all the time, because sitting in your shit and dealing with whatever trauma or whatever difficulty that you've been facing or really feeling the emotion that you don't want to feel. Cause how many clients do we have who are like, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to wreck myself. So I don't feel anything on the inside. And I'm not going to deal with my shit. And that's my only coping mechanism is the gym. And so now I got to find something else. Oh, it's alcohol. Let me just drink that or let me just do whatever. And so it's interesting. Like you would take a topic like psychedelics and you start talking about your experience, Matt's experience, my experience. And what it really is, is just the human experience. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's every human dealing with, the normandy of the day in day out life of having trauma because trauma is going to happen. Yeah. And then how do you, us. Yeah. yeah. How do you manage it? Right. Yep. It's it's, and we live in such a dopa major dopa dopamine driven society, every single thing, whether it's like our phone going off exercise, um, gambling, shopping, online shopping, Amazon, sex, tinder hookups like it's everything is just right here it's a dopamine response every single time right? well Even i mean in- the the systems are built for that nowadays right look at yeah, instagram right. facebook snapchat tiktok yeah the the theory like the theorems behind them are all like tick, 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 all the algorithms they want it to go faster click 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 hit that dopamine Caffeine, adderall food yeah it's it's just a serious and we live in a hookup culture right so it's just anything to feel that little rush of dopamine at any time and that's it becomes this like constant seeking even in bodybuilding prep you'll see as food goes down dopamine behavior goes up yeah. you're doing all sorts of erratic shopping it's, making weird yeah <laughs> that's the, the prep brain you're you've got a whole cart full of stuff on amazon and you wake up and you've ordered 500 dollars worth of shit yeah, and you don't even yeah. know why right yeah. yeah 
it's funny because people will ask like, well, why is prep so expensive? And I'm thinking, well, coaching and supplements. And then I really want to be like all the dumb shit you're going to convince me. <laughs> <you need." laughs> like here's a $50 water bottle that has like, on it, you know, like yeah. in a backpack attached to this competitor, like all the yeah, things absolutely. that we have to have, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's that, uh, it's the retail therapy and I've felt, I've fallen victim to that. And, you know, I would say every person that I've ever talked to as a client, it's like, you go in and like, I'll never get this. I'm in the best shape of my life. My first bodybuilding competition, I'm shredded to the bone. Right. And I walk into Lululemon. First of all, do I look like a Lululemon guy? No. no. At the time I was like, I can't be going to be fucking Lululemon guy. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll walk I'm in shredded. see what it's all about. Right. So I walk in and I walk out with $2,800 with a Lululemon. Did I have $2,800 to spend on Lululemon? No, but my credit card did. And I felt great for the moment. And then about a week later, when I'm looking at, I don't know, three pieces of clothing, because that's how much it cost. Um, I'm like, man, that was the dumbest shit I've ever done. And so I think it's interesting. My experience with psychedelics, it's brought clarity to the dumb shit. And I don't know if it does the same thing with you guys, but like, yeah. Sonia, like, what's your, what was your first, what'd you do your first time? And yeah, what, so, where were you at? Where were you at? So mentally I was, so, um, I mentally was at a place I had just listened to, um, the podcast that Jeff, uh, on, um, the, <laughs> Jeff, Jason, and Jeffrey Sue. What am I thinking of? The Excellence yeah, yeah. Cartel. We had done an episode with, yep, yeah. on stealing fire. And, you know, Jeff is a big advocate for LSD. And I was, him and yeah, I. microdose have, and stuff. Yep, yeah. Him and I have talked before about trauma and healing through it and disassociating. And I had reached out and was kind of like talking to him about how you have worked through that. And he was talking about LSD. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. And then I heard the podcast they did. And I was like, this is something I feel like could be a game changer for me. Um, and I, first of all, finding it is hard. We won't like go into detail about that on this podcast. But once I had actually. It finds you. It, it finds you. It kind of yeah, does. It, you know what I mean? I, it's amazing. Like, <laughs> I really believe in that. I won't get too woo-woo. But like the universe will bring it to you once you're finding that. Um, yeah. And I was actually, um, the first time I did it, I was down in um, Mexico. And I remember being like really open to the experience. And um, we ended up going like out for dinner and out dancing and stuff like that. But it was the first time, it was a really good experience for the first time. But the biggest difference I noticed, like I didn't notice while I was doing it, if that makes sense. Like I didn't have some sort of like crazy trip. It was just a microdose. I, I remember being like, I feel really happy and giggly. And then I remember realizing in a, in the middle of a conversation that I was present in that conversation, like I was really hearing what the person was saying. And I had really struggled with that for a long time. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you, I mean, it's like I'm talking to somebody and I'm hearing their words, but I'm not hearing their words because I'm thinking about so much other stuff. Yep. It's even still stuff that I'm trying to work through. I'll be like, I'll ask a question and in the middle of him answering, I'll ask another question. You know, I'm like, my brain is just like squirrel sometimes. And I feel like it was the first time that I remember being present in the experience and like 
realizing where I was, realizing what was going on in a very like peaceful, really energizing manner. Like I feel I'm like, I'm actually here right now. Um, and I was, it was a great first experience. I remember afterwards, like the next morning I was in a really good mood. And I remember just being like, I can't wait to go home and like study with this, like actually yeah. be in the moment with studying. Yeah. And it, uh, what it does, it actually slows brain activity and, and allows us to process this information. And that can be on any kind of level on just like a day-to-day -day experience or actually within trauma, uh, within stressful situations, um, or like what she's just talking about, just being able to sit there and and have clarity to be able to function and talk and, and talk on a normal level. Yeah. Instead of having your brain just pop, 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 fire, 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 fire. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but like uh, in therapeutic doses of certain types of psychedelics, it, you have the amygdala, which is the rear portion of your brain that stores all the trauma or the looping thoughts that you may have that may consume. Like, I don't know about you, but even as we're sitting here talking, I have some things in the back of my head that are still going, Hey, Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's going on? Hey. So that right there, it transfers that activity to the prefrontal cortex so that you can work through that. And it's, it's involuntary. Like I, I don't, I haven't actively used it with a therapist or anything like that, but is that correct in, in the way I'm describing that? Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. It's almost like we have files in our brain and it's like someone through time, the file cabinets, it's a fucking mess. You know what I mean? There's files everywhere. Mm -hmm. And when using, I mean, specifically they talk about this more with LSD, but psilocybin's the same way. They all kind of work differently. But LSD specifically and psilocybin, more than like ketamine and DMT, go in and they basically take the files and they can organize them better. And so you can have a better recall system as well in mm. the timeline in which things actually happen, which sometimes when working through trauma, it's the, in a, for anyone who's done any sort of like timeline yeah. sort of therapy, which we've both done and are like big fans of, it's the recall of the timeline that starts to feel like everything is all over the place. And so it's You're really right. to work through trauma when you can't start at the beginning and work through it. And so LSD does a really good job at kind of like clear cut thoughts and, and in the, in the line that they're supposed to be going in. So everything is organized for you to recall, move forward, recall, move forward. Cause that's where trauma healing happens yeah. is you can go into the situation and then work your timeline through, go into the situation and then work your timeline through. And that brings you from that past trauma into present time with that experience is working. Yeah, so, it, so let me see if I can close a loop there yeah. in my brain. So a lot of people, what I see is you have two sets of people. You have people who cannot compartmentalize. You have people who can. I am not a compartmentalizer. Like if like you, we've all been through gut protocols, it may except for maybe Matt. And no, like I have. we, oh, no, you have okay. So, so you've been through it before. So yeah. you have all these supplements, right? It's like just a mountain of supplements. And to any of our clients listening, you can identify. It's like all of my supplements are on the counter. They're not in the cupboard. They're not in a specific place. They're just all over the place. And that's my emotion. Sometimes I can be like, and Laura is a testament to this. I mean, we talk every single day. She's one of my very best friends. 
And so she'll call and check on me. And I'm like, I'm a mess over here. And then the next minute I'm okay or whatever. So my compartmentalism, we're a lot alike, Matt. I think yeah. the couple of times we've interacted, I'm like, there's a lot of similarities there. Yep. So when you can't compartmentalize, it's, it's just, everything's going all the time. And then you have people who compartmentalize who's disassociative, which is you, who you're yeah. like, I'm gonna lock that motherfucker up and I'm not going back to it. And what happens is it's really difficult for the people who compartmentalize and don't go back to things to work through trauma. And then with me and Matt, we don't necessarily order things in a fashion to where we can get to the end of the trauma. It's just, we live it. We, 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 we relive it, relive it, relive it all day long, every single day. And then yeah. Sonny's like, no, we're fucking staying right here. We're not talking about anything. We're not doing anything. And we're just going to die with this trauma. Yeah, and I'm so, fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's where I think that's what's important for the, the audience is like both scenarios. It organizes your thoughts in a place to where you can get clarity as to, like, I don't know about you, Matt, but like, there's been times where like, I know they're there to be, there's something true. And like, one of the things about me is I don't trust myself. Mm -hmm. Right. So like over years, I'm 40 years old. So 40 years of not trusting myself, boy, have I fucked up some things. And then I know that to be true, but it was never a reality. So after psychedelics, I was like, you know what? I don't trust myself. And yep. everybody's like, yeah, you've said that to me. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't understand why yeah. until now. Yeah. And it's, it's because like, we, you can't work through it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. hundred so, percent. I'm, I'm I, like, you couldn't have said that. I think any better, to be honest with you, it's just being able yeah. to like, to have that moment where that light bulb goes off. That's the best thing for me is like the light bulb goes off and you can kind of be like, okay, here's the something that I have. Here's something that I need to deal with. Now, let me see how I can put this action in place to fix it. And I think psychedelics gives you those opportunities to do that. It gives you that opportunity to have that light bulb go off, have that awareness, and then to go in calmly and to be like, it's like that death of ego. Instead of going fighting back and forth in your head of like, well, this, and I got to go against that. It's just like, okay, cool. I have this piece. Now, what do I do with this piece and how yeah. do I do it? And it just gives you that calm space to do it. And it's like, even we were talking about earlier, like, in arguments um when you're in arguments you're just like it's that bang 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 everything's firing going back and forth and like well you did this to me and you did this to me you're not you hearing each other yeah. you're in defense mode you're in, yeah well we're within psychedelics when you have these conversations you just you have that calm uh empathy to be able to hear one another and to be able to process it. i can see how that makes you feel yeah i can see your perspective on this and just has that breakdown of things to where it slows everything yeah. down and then you can actually process process it and then have heal and have growth within yeah. not only yourself but within one another in a relationship as well and like the neurochemical like aspect of that same exact thing from like the science side it's like it releases serotonin that's naturally going to be calming on the body right it's going to release things like GABA which is going to be calming on the body it's going to lower blood pressure it's going to help release oxytocin so oxytocin is like the love drug like the it, it's the the neuro it's like the neurological response to like human touch affection kissing holding your baby that's like as a mom when you're 
when your baby's born and you're like, this baby's like this and you're looking at it literally like it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. So much <laughs> increase in oxytocin. You don't get, there's a psychological reason why these things happen, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. if you've ever like, get, Lord, you have kids. I do not, but I have dogs. I'm just going to okay. go with it's the same thing. When the baby comes, <laughs> it's not the cutest thing in the world, you know, but the, the feeling as a mom is literally like, you're just like drunk on love. You're like, oh my gosh, that's oxytocin. That's a natural occurrence when any mammal gives birth to make sure that you don't kill your baby. <laughs> you know, like, what is this thing that just came out? Yeah. It's yes. also the same thing that's released in sex. It helps with orgasms. Like even we all, like he always talks about like skin to skin. Like if we're having an intense conversation, like holding hands, that releases oxytocin. So think about like this drug helps that during this time as well. So even if you're not going through a deep conversation with like, or an, uh, trying to work through conflict with like a loved one and you're trying to work through like trauma, your body's still now in a place where the central nervous system is set up in a loving manner to love on your inner child, to work through that trauma. Because I think that sometimes with trauma, let's just say sexual trauma, mm -hmm. there's so much shame and guilt for the person who has experienced it. And there's like very little empathy to like love on yourself. Like it's okay. You're okay. Mm -hmm. So the fact that your body's having a chemical response in general, that you can feel that self-love, love on your inner child, your body's in a calm state. When you're working through those traumas, you're just better set up to be more resilient through pushing through versus being in a very heightened central nervous system manner where your heart rate is pounding and you're anxious and you can't sit still. Like it just sets you up for an easier flow through difficult times, which yeah. is why it's so helpful in PTSD, which is why, you know, NYU did research where they're literally using two doses, which we don't know exactly what the dosages are. Like there's a macro dose and a micro dose. Mm -hmm. But in patients who are experiencing, experiencing like serious alcoholism, and I think 83% versus placebo had a decrease in desire to even drink after that. And almost 50% never drank another drop of alcohol again so far since the study's been done about four, so four and a half years ago. It's interesting that you bring that up. And I'm going to bring up another documentary. It's called How to Change Your Mind yeah. um, on Netflix. And if you listen, he's got, I think it's four different segments. The first one is LSD and LSD, uh, the guy who created AA, uh, did LSD came LSD. off of alcohol because of that and had a spiritual experience. And that's why there's a spiritual aspect to AA, but, um, I didn't, I had no idea until I watched the documentary and then you have psilocybin, you have, um, MDMA, which is Molly. And then you also have, um, peyote. And that those four episodes are yeah. really yeah. important. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so um, I think all of the, all, like, if you're really like listening to the podcast, cause like Sonia, like you're saying some stuff that I wish I could like extract right the second and just download into a couple of people's brains because mm -hmm. they're either in a really hesitant place to like move forward with you know, psychedelics or even just in a, just in a fight or flight mode all the time when it comes to yeah. their trauma and stuff. So the way you're breaking it down is really easy to, to digest. And if, even if you're sitting here and this is your first experience, you know, listening about psychedelics, I think if you watch the documentary after you've listened to Sonya, break it down, you're going to understand even more so in depth. And then you're going to see there's certain things in the documentary that show, people coming out of the other side of uh, PTSD or trauma 
that you just would never imagine anybody would ever come back from. Yeah. And yeah, you hit a really um, good go ahead. Though. I just, yeah, I just want to say you just hit something very important too, is that um, we, we obviously, we'd like, we talk about it. We're very excited. It's something very like, um, uh, it's just important. It's, it's deep in our, in our, in our, in our hearts and that we believe in. Um, but we always say, Hey, just make sure you do your own research, make sure you don't do your own podcast. Cause there's so much information out there about it right now that it's like, if you have any, like what you were saying, if you have any doubts or any like, Hey, well, what is this? What is that? Just, you know, like there's plenty of information out there, uh, to re research, to go over as well. For sure. So you did LSD in Mexico. Yeah. Um, and I assume you've done other drugs as well. Yes. I've done everything but like a toad when it comes to psychedelic. Well, I haven't done ibogaine or ash uh, ashwagandha. I've done lots of ashwagandha. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> like yeah. All the ashwagandha. Yeah. 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 Um, but we, we, so we, um, I started my journey with psychedelics about six months before we actually like met, met, became friends, started dating. Um, we were, we, we loved mushrooms. So the first night that we like hung out, we dropped, we took mushrooms and we just talked for like hours and hours. hours. That was, so that's that, that was like, so earlier I was talking about like some of the deep experiences that I had with her and her, those conversations that she was asking me, I, we're going to, I'll admit we were on mushrooms. Yeah. We had taken, yeah, uh, sure. um, a micro, uh, maybe up more on the macro side of things. And we're just literally like just talking, talking and just yeah. getting to know one. But it was, yeah, yeah it was interesting yeah. because there's, again, because you're in a calmer state, you're more open to feedback. And because we didn't know each other, like it's very different. Like when a boyfriend of like two years gives you feedback, and you're like, heck you, you know, versus somebody who's brand new. Cause you're like, this person's kind of seeing something maybe, you know, we yeah. just like kind of reflected on each other. Like it became this really weird, like reflection time. And so we really enjoyed doing mushrooms. We were literally talking all the time. Like we were, we probably do mushrooms like once or twice a week. Um, and it's funny because, you know, Matt, when I met him, he was a white claw drink. I mean, he literally stopped mess. the drink before he got to my house, like red flags for days, you know, and I don't drink at all. I'm like a health coach. I'm like I'm at the gym, you know, he's on his Harley drinking, you know, and I'm like, it's 10 yeah. o'clock. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got to do. He's like, let's fucking go. And you're like, all the time, all the, the time, yeah. all the time. Right. I couldn't yeah. stop. Couldn't really like not, not really loving to be alone. And it was funny because through this process, when we were just hanging out at the time, he, he's like, stop drinking. He's like, I don't really want to drink. Like when I drink now, it's gross. Like it grosses me out. I can't, I can't drink anymore. I think I, yeah, I just want to like, sorry to interrupt you there, You're but good. this is like, for me, this was the key moment for me to that unintentionally intentionally happen. So we were talking, you were talking earlier about the alcohol um, and AA for me, I, you got, so I explained, I was on, a, I was a hot mess. All of a sudden, like, I, I don't even know what happened or when it happened when we're doing this process of kind of trying to figure stuff out. And we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, creating a company because of how amazing this is and what how cool the opportunity is. I all of a sudden was just like, the urge for alcohol was gone. And it was just one of those things. It was like an eye-opening experience of like, I never, I didn't set out to quit alcohol. I didn't set out to say, hey, I've got a problem. I was literally just all of a sudden, just the urge was gone. And it just was like, it just doesn't do anything for me anymore. And I couldn't explain why. I just know that it was just like, I don't know. It's just that feeling of that attachment to alcohol for me was gone. 
Yeah. And that was like a personal freeze. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, wait a second here. What is this? Going yeah. from where I was to then where I was now, unintentionally, just by like doing this process. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this is something extremely special. Um, I really want to lean into this and figure out more of what's going on. Yeah. So it's it was yeah, really cool. Like an experience kind of like watching someone in front of you change i think that we we can tend to undermine our own process more than we can like be more excited about someone else's and i think even with the health journey you're like oh i guess i'm like making progress and you're like you're literally pooping daily you used to poop once a week you know but we compare ourselves to someone else's growth (laughs) and so it was really cool to start to see like how like little things were changing but also how as things would come up just with life how like watching his ability to like stop and be like okay yeah maybe this is something that's going on looking inward versus outward first and i think so self-awareness self-awareness yeah. things were firing finally like things were just kind of finally that so whole... do you did you find yeah. that your self-awareness but your resiliency was coming up too it's resiliency, like yeah. over like i can't even describe like it would be that self-awareness without that like she was saying shame and guilt or just being really hard on yourself it was just something it was like okay i see this i yeah. feel it it's okay it's all good it's yeah. just part of life now what am i going to do with this piece that i that i have how am i going to um like what so what now what kind now of- what yeah like how what am i going to do with this and it was like but it was at a very calm no anxiety, no depression, no anger. No, it was just really, really easy to, to uh, process. I was a little So when you more- first started, you did, so you, you guys did mushrooms together. Your first experience was LSD. Uh, since I haven't had an experience with LSD, what would you say the main difference between the two substances are? from an experience standpoint one from a therapeutic standpoint two cool. yeah so i the easiest way i explain it to people when they're first asking me this just came out one day we've kind of stuck with it is that mushrooms are more like yeah whoa and lsd is more like wee. hold on one second so that we're talking microdose yes the whole yes, point of all right. this stuff is like a lot of people get dosage. very scared when you say lsd every single person's like oh my god i, I did, did that in high, high school, school. Yeah. Oh, i will never do that again it's the floor was scary. lava my face melted off in the mirror yeah yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. We're talking micro dose. So we're talking little baby, like baby, baby, baby doses, yeah. baby doses. And, and what she said, like the, whoa, okay. Yeah. To we, this is fun. I feel good. Happy, you know? And the difference yeah. too, is mm-hmm. with LSD, you're working on serotonin and dopamine, whereas yeah. psilocybin, meaning mushrooms, you're working just more on a serotonin platform. So one right. is going to bring you a little bit more up in that dopamine response um, than something like just the, just the mushrooms. As far as like experience time, I definitely think that LSD is a little bit longer than mushrooms mushrooms is a shorter like you can take it at six o'clock when you're going out with friends if they're going to be drinking and you don't want to participate in that and you can still go home and sleep where lsd is definitely a little bit more of a journey um and more that's like uh, it's like eight hours versus five would you say yeah 
it feels okay. more like a stimulant because of the dopamine response in the yeah. way of like, wow, I'm ultra focused. I'm, um, I'm going, I, I can, I can do more. I can think faster. Like I feel super resilient to change right now. Whereas mushrooms is more like I'm more relaxed and focused if that, yes. yeah. Yeah. Any feedback. Oh yeah. But Steve, that makes sense. Yeah. Open, giggly, happy. We were yeah. doing both at the same time. I do feel like my, um, I was a little bit, it took me a little bit longer to break, to actually like feel the, I guess like healing. I could feel more in the moment with LSD and mushrooms, but I wasn't able to still feel that when I wasn't using, which I think took me a little bit longer to like have bigger breakthroughs in that. Um, there, like I couldn't cry. Like I couldn't cry if my life depended on it. I could not cry. Like it couldn't, I'd be like, I feel like I should be crying right now. This commercial or this dog dying, but like, I couldn't break down that barrier. And it, once it actually, what about now? Are you just a crier all the time now? Now I'm like, I cry about like, if movies are sad, I'm not like overly emotional. When I first, it was like, is this person able to feel? Like even like um, on an emotional. <laughs> Are you dead inside, Sonia? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I had my red flags. That was one of hers. I was like, is "He's this a person? big feeler." Yeah, I was like, like, "What's going on? This, this girl has nothing. She has nothing." And now I I don't think it's like an over, but now it's just like kind of a like a day to day like yeah. a normal like yeah if something happens. Hey, I'm sad. I'm allowed to shed a tear. I'm allowed to yeah. feel this. It's actually healthy to go through and feel, go through those emotions. Yeah. I, ha I was kind of like flatline in the sense of like, if, if I would have thought about like killing myself, for example, and I thought about it sometimes just cause it's like, it was. Something yeah. about, right? Wait, whoa, whoa. you gotta explain that a little bit more. Like I'm going to, okay. Cool. If I, Sorry. Like, like, Oh, like you're thinking about like, well, what if I killed myself? Like, what would that feel like right now? Cause I'm a thinker. I'm like an analytical thinker. And I remember thinking like, if it happened and I were to die, like, it would be like, kind of like, okay, well, I died. You know, like that was my emotional response. And now when I think about that, cause I think about weird stuff. Like what if I got hit by a car and I died? Like it makes me sad inside. I feel sad. I feel like I miss my family and my daughter and Matt, like are, are what we have. Like I feel this like sadness deep inside of me, which is a normal response when you think about if you were to die, but I didn't right. have that before. And that was always like, not, not something I really shared with people because I didn't, I wasn't suicidal by any means. But it was alarming to me that I couldn't, that I didn't necessarily care, like I couldn't feel the caring, the empathy that I had, you know? And I think I was in such a defensive, right. I couldn't hear feedback. I just, anything I would like shut down and block out everything, you know, anytime I, I didn't want to hear something, my whole system would just shut down. Um, no question. Think, so yeah. for you, when you think about the journey that you've been on, you've done this journey on your own, right? You haven't had... Uh, think like counselor, right? You haven't had someone. I've been in walk. therapy. You have. Yeah, yeah we've okay. been in massive we, therapy. We both have had lots of lots work. of therapy. Okay. Yeah. So but it's, it's been a, so you're separately. You're not doing it with a counselor. You're just doing these things extracurricular to explore things that you're working with your counselor on. Yes. yes. Yeah. There's, yes. Uh, so that's what I've done. So we like a lot of people, you go to counseling, you get this piece of information and you're like, okay, what do I do with it? And then you, yeah. Oh yeah. I'll implement that. Right. This was something that allowed us to take that information, process it and actually Work implement it. it into our day-to-day -day lives. Gotcha. Okay. Right. 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 So this is, this is really 
a way for you to work through those because I know I've been in counseling multiple times and I mean I the first three counselors I went to for years I just sat there and told them what they wanted to hear because I knew what they wanted because I didn't know how to get inside of myself because I was like I don't know like you are the one who's supposed to be able to go hello and see me and I right um so it feels like this was a way for you to be able to finally go here's a thing and they go yes there's the thing and you get to it together and then you can go work on it yeah yeah it was actually cool because the counselor are honestly doing exactly what you're saying like you know before we were in there and they're just kind of like okay all right we'll keep digging into that let me hear more about that because they're trying to get you to have that thing go bang oh and now where we were having is like we were like i'm feeling and i've seen this and this is how I feel like I'm going to go about this. Then they're like, yes, yes, go do that. That's perfect. Um, yeah. Is the best way to describe it. Plus when it comes to like healing for anyone who's like a functional client or going through some sort of like trouble healing or autoimmunity or anything like this, there's an actual cellular response with trauma. So when we go through extreme traumas and trauma can be something very different for everybody. It can be a sexual trauma. It can be physical physical abuse, mental abuse, it can be divorce, a loss of a loved one. If the body goes through an intense trauma, a response can actually be what's called a freeze mode, which is when to protect the body, it goes into like hibernation. It slows down mitochondria function and cellular function inside of the body. And you see this in trauma responses at times with people, which is where that whole, like the body keeps score, autoimmunity, deeper trauma and healing processes happens. And if we can't, get to the root cause of that trauma like there's things that in counseling i was like oh <laughs> i forgot that that happened i guess it's kind of a big deal yeah yeah like, oh, i forgot that you know this happened you know and you'd be like okay that's kind of a big deal um but you cannot your body will have more resistance to healing if you are not able to work through that trauma because the body is stuck in like a hibernate mode to protect itself it's a fight or flight response we see it all the time people who have like constipation issues it's normally a stress that that causes it and then the buildup of of dysbiosis or um different bacteria inside of the gut that will keep it going and then you'll see it re-trigger in a stress response Mm -hmm. not getting to the root of your trauma not being aware of your traumas or being able to identify how they are affecting you could be the thing that's keeping you from healing and say that louder for the people in the back because here's the thing that statement right there, I don't know how often I have to beat the fucking drum, but it's constant. I'm constantly talking to my clients about how if you don't dig in, if you don't look at your trauma, if you don't face it, if you don't work through it, I can only do so much. Like that's right. that's a portion of the healing process that you have to do on your own or with a counselor, or, I mean, there's parts of things that I'm sure you and I both do as coaches, but at the end of the day, it's still the onus is on them to deal with what's on the inside because yeah. I can't dig it out of them. There's a book and I, it, I haven't completed it. I probably should, I keep saying like, I want to finish this. It's called the self-love workbook or the self-love journal. And it's on Amazon. I think it's 13 or 14 bucks. It's very inexpensive. And I did it the first six months I was doing psychedelics. I was doing it probably like two or three times a week. And it takes you through a journey of self-reflection that is undeniable, right? Like you're really putting yourself right here on paper and you're really seeing it because the questions that it asks you are like, what are your, like, like, what are your blind spots 
for yourself or like what do like one of the questions I remember that really hit home were like what are some things that like you see in yourself that other people don't know that are like things that you've done wrong. Like, well, I'm just going to use an example. Like, oh, I've, I don't weigh my bananas at the grocery store. I ring them up as <laughs> organic, like every single time. Uh, and like identifying, like, what are some things that you do that nobody knows that you do that if they knew you would feel shame and guilt about? Because we put that shame and guilt on ourselves. And writing that on paper was like, one, writing it on paper was massive. And then actually being able to like, look at him and be like, I do this super fucking shitty behavior. I was like, he didn't judge me for it. He was like, wow, that's like really intense. But like being able to like state, like write it, acknowledge it, and then actually like be like, okay, I do this. I need accountability or this is something like once you put it out there oh, yeah. and it, if it's anyone who cares about you, friends or relationship, they're going to hold you accountable to a higher standard as well. So having that ability to like work through that self-love workbook was a huge part of the journey in this as well. That if somebody who can't afford counseling or just wants a first step, I say that that is a, the best $15 you will ever spend, whether you're, you're using it in, um, in correlation with psychedelics or not, it's a game changer for in-depth look with healing. Okay, great. So Matt, what'd you do? Uh, as far as what do you mean? First time in terms of what was your first time with psychedelics? Okay. How did you, um, well, like, how about this? I back up, like, I, you know, that's the high school thing. It's the, Hey, I did it just for fun party and whatever I'm going to be. So her and I had a different, a different journey for, I was using it for recreational purposes originally. Um, like, Oh, this is going to be so much fun. But then slowly having these breakthroughs along the way of having like these really in-depth conversations, really starting to break down like that whole, for me, um, as a male, like that death of ego um being able to just process that stuff and being like well wait a second why do i do this like what there i do the x y and z and it's like well why and then and that backtracking like well it's because i in my past you know my father did this to me or in my past um uh my uh, past girlfriend you know did this x y and z and then it's kind of like being able to process through that and be able to fix it and move forward um that's kind of like it which having these breakthroughs, once again, unintentionally, it was just happening that I'm like, you know, that light bulb going off going, oh my gosh, this is something very, very special. And how do I learn more? And how do I lean into this? And, um, you know, create this for other people to experience. And like, it started as her and I just creating, doing this um, with Rice Krispie treats, um, just cause it was easy and they didn't melt and it was like, okay, we can, we can, we can make, we can figure out Rice Krispie treats. We got pretty high in the yeah. kitchen. The whole house is like cooked mushrooms. We're like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. And just for like our friends, you know, just like something. And then it kind of sure. got to be, the, and then other friends were talking to other people and then other friends and it kind of just expanding more and more. And then like literally sitting down one day and be like all right you know we need a mission we need to like focus and turn this into something mission, vision, values, very something yeah. special and we are because i mean all this stuff is happening right now like it's everywhere the legalization of it there the research everything's coming out like you said all the net uh, you know the netflix the podcast New York times New York the Sun, times, washington post yeah and this was we were i think a, you know a year or two ahead ahead of that curve a little bit and so we were like you okay, were, you were, yeah. Yeah. And like 
get this to be something like really cool and special. And for me being an entrepreneur, the business side of it was like, oh my gosh, it started out with like, dude, that, that it's like, here we go. Another one of these really cool opportunities for a, a business hustle, whatever it may be but through the process. I, I mean, I literally, I can get goosebumps, the messages, the, from friends to people around, I've never met in my life. Be like, you, you, this is changing my life. You are, you saved my father. Um, I have quit smoking. I have smoked my entire life and I'm quitting smoking. I am quitting drinking, like having those reflections of like yeah. the same things that happened to me unintentional happening to other people. And it's just like, it just, so your why like, has grown. It went from like, oh, this is a cool experience so cool. to me to then. And you're like, your friends are like, Hey bro, can you give me a rice crispy treat? And you're like, yeah. And then the next thing you know, you have people DMing you saying, Hey dude, like you changed my life. And like, yeah, that's I the mean, why, just, right. Even just my daughter's dad and you know, it, 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 and I talked to him about sharing the divorce too, but yeah. like he was, he's an ex addict as well. And he was started drinking again, you know, and he, he was drinking and my daughter actually brought it up to me and I didn't really necessarily want to say anything yet, but it had been brought up, you know, and it was funny because we gave him a bar and about three or about two weeks ago, he came over to our house and he's like, yeah, you know, I decided I, I'm going to quit drinking. I, uh, I've been using that bar. You guys gave me a little bit in there. And I decided I'm going to stop drinking. And we were like, we started laughing because we were looking at each other. Got him. <laughs> I didn't say like, hey, your daughter's were, your daughter is aware that you're drinking. I didn't even bring it up. He, nope. Just on his own, he's kind of like, I started doing it. And I like decided I don't really want to drink again. I mean, this is an ex addict, you know, like he put me to shame. Like for him to start drinking again. He put you stop, yeah. <laughs> no reason. Just yeah. like, just I, don't know. To stop, I just you know? felt the same thing with me. I don't know what it is. I just don't have that urge anymore. I kind of, I think I'm going to quit drinking. Yeah, it's like, like, doesn't really make me feel good. I was like, wow. Okay. Like it again. was crazy to see that, but we have so like on a daily stories like that of people who have postpartum depression, anxiety, fear, trauma. Like it's more than, um, brain trauma. Yeah. Like actual CTE boxers. brain trauma. Can't figure out what's going on with the diagnosis. You know, I've, I've done everything. I don't know what to do. It's the last resort. This is my last resort. I've never, I've never, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I've never done anything before like this in my life. Can you help me do this? And the process start. And then, I mean, days later uh going into the doctor saying like it's it's regressing it's literally going away i mean really wow you can't, you mm. can't make this stuff yeah, up like actual brain trauma like physical brain trauma like healing you should get in touch with the nfl <laughs> it's they're using so they're using um lsd and psilocybin's in research right now with people who have cte yeah because of that so like with cte right there's brain trauma there's blood that's in the brain and then the body's response is to release a natural killer protein which goes in there and basically right applicates the brain and it causes this super early aging but like the brain the body starts it's almost like an autoimmune condition the brain starts to then kill off portions of itself and this is where we see like anger anxiety depression suicidal thoughts abuse substance abuse and so they're actually doing research right now for people with cte right the thing about cte is you basically have to dissect the brain right so yeah as far as like we have to go off almost like they're going off more of a biofeedback but it's still insane to see and then you have 
Navy SEALs with PTSD, right? All the research there, um, Google, you know, like massive, C like CEOs at Google are talking about their experience with LSD that they're using on a- Well, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but like they'll have engineers who have like a mental block yeah, and they'll be yes. like, go, they'll like go take some LSD, take a walk. And then yeah. when they come back, they're like, well, mental block's gone. And I've found, I figured out the problem. Yeah. And NASA has like magic. Studies. NASA. Yeah. Hmm. And then like, I, I can even go back to just that personal, like that inbox that, that I get hit up is like, I am a, I am a writer. I have multiple books out. Um, I'm coming on to my last book. I cannot I am just stuck and I have to like one of my life goals is I want to finish this last book. I can't do it. Yeah. You know, a square later, yeah. uh, uh, we're talking, then I was like the next day getting up and hasn't written in two years, the next day sitting down and writing again. And writing. And Every that's just psilocybin. That's, that's just, just psilocybin yeah. with your, with your chocolate bars, essentially. We're talking <clears> one so dose. One yeah, that's one micro, yeah. one mic, one microdose. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, point one six. So my first experience, um, I took three point five grams with, and I blended it in a smoothie. That's we're, that's, that's, yeah. that's we call that macro. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it was a macro. Like, and the reason why is to like I kind of did a little bit of my own research, right? And they were like. Okay, a heroic dose is seven grams, and you're going to touch Jesus's face if you do that. Ooh. And I'm like, first of all, I don't want to touch Jesus's face, but let's just let's push the let's push the envelope a little bit. I'd lost my dog, and I lost my coach. My coach was John Meadows, and yeah. so uh, really, really two important figures in my life. And I was like, I and there was just this heaviness that I had that I was just walking around with constantly and I would cry at the drop of a hat. I'm kind of that way anyway. I'm an emotional person, sensitive person, but it was just sort of unbearable. And so I ended up um, making the smoothie and drinking it. I didn't know this, but you put orange juice in it and orange juice, the vitamin C <laughs> makes yeah. it go fucking, it goes wild. So like I had no idea, complete mistake but I drink it and it hits a lot faster that way. Yep. So <clears throat> I go to lay down in my bed and I'm texting a client uh, and I see the, the bubbles, they're ping ponging. And I'm like, okay, I probably need to put my phone down. And so put the phone down and I'm like, I feel kind of happy. Then all of a sudden I feel kind of sad and then I'm like, I'm a little scared. I shouldn't be by myself, probably. So I ended up FaceTiming uh, one of my closest friends that I've ever had in my life. And she was on FaceTime with me for five hours, experiencing this really traumatic sort of first time doing psychedelics. And it was uh it was hard it was it was a rough trip it wasn't a, a pleasant experience like what yeah, you yeah. guys had initially but the thing i'll i'll say is there were moments and i can recount the whole thing i can remember the whole thing and there were moments where i was probably the happiest and laughing extremely hard and then there were moments where i was extremely sad there were moments where i had like 
intense. Uh, you know how when you miss somebody, it's just a depth of pain. Mm-hmm. I had that. And eventually, you know, it subsided. I fell asleep. The next day I woke up and that heavy feeling was gone. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, what in the world just happened here? I could sit and think about my dog or John or, or even some of the other things that popped up along the way. And it wasn't having that same trauma response or that sadness. And so I was like, this is something special. I probably need to keep that in the back of my mind. And I, um, I had, I had one more experience and it wasn't as big of a dose and it wasn't quite as therapeutic. And I had an app that kind of guided me through the process. That was really helpful because breathing through the process is really important. And then, um, then I really went through some, this past year has probably been one of the most difficult years of my life. And so at that point, I just wasn't functioning at like, you can ask Laura, like getting up out of bed, eating, caring about anything, all of that just did not exist. Like I could not function. And so finally, uh, just by happenstance, you know, I said, it kind of finds you right there's this guy that does uh ceremonial um uh experiences with 5meo dmt which is the toad which is like the chris the the star on the christmas tree of of psychedelics so if like you want to do the most intense thing that's probably the one thing you would you would do however the length of the trip is only about 12 to 18 minutes and boy, I went into it completely terrified. <laughs> um, but I was like, I'm so tired of being where I'm at. And I woke up with this, you know, it was a very different experience. I I lost consciousness. I didn't know what was around me, but I could tell I could, it, it's just, it was a difficult thing to, to explain. Um, but I saw this really bright light. And that was a serotonin dump, I imagine, from a scientific standpoint. And then after that serotonin dump, um, I slowly started to come to when I finally was completely aware. I had this emotional experience that I cannot even really fathom. It was just like this release. Even if you'd heard me cry, it's like, that's a weird cry. Like, I've never heard anybody cry quite like that before. And I sat there and it took me about, I don't know, about an hour. And I realized so much stuff about my, about who I am, about what's wrong, what's, what I need to work on. And trusting myself was that one piece. Um, And then the other thing too was the immediate relief of certain traumas. So we were talking about the amygdala, right? And how that stores trauma. And there's a, there's a therapy called EMDR. It's rapid eye movement therapy, which basically moves your eyes from left to right, left to right. Well, that deactivates the amygdala so that you can process trauma without an emotional response. And so, or without fear, I should say. And so I, I went into my counseling session that week and I started explaining to my therapist, I was like, I can't even conjure up details of this event 
at all. Like I'm trying my fucking hardest to dig in there and find the things that hurt my feelings. And it's like, my brain was like, and we're done with that. You, you have processed that you can no longer visit that trauma anymore. And my therapist just kind of smiled at me. She was like, you basically did about 12 sessions of EMDR in about 20 minutes. Yeah. And it was, and, and Laura can attest to this. I, I mean, it's not a magic bullet. You know, you have to work on yourself. You, it's kind of like, and Joe Rogan even described it one time in a podcast where it's like you take a hard drive and you wipe it completely clean, but you take all your shit and you put it in a little folder and that folder is sitting on the desktop and it says my past shit. And you can access that past shit anytime you want, but you can decide how you want to move forward in life. Yes. And for me, from here on out, like, you know, Laura's a planner, right? So like Laura's like, well, when are we going to do the podcast? And like, what time and all that stuff. And I'm not even thinking, I'm just like, we can call Sonia. We can call Matt, see when they want to do it. You know, I'm not thinking that far ahead because I'm living in the moment. And I'm also not necessarily always living in the past. There's still some things I got to work on, stuff like that. But I think that's the beautiful thing about psychedelics is it kind of brings you in this moment in real life. And you're like, okay, life is so short. I probably should enjoy the immediacy of this. I should probably experience the sadness and not compartmentalize, or I shouldn't be so worried about all the things all the time that I should be feeling all the stuff. So, um, you know, and that's, that's just been my journey, just exploring it on my own. And, you know, luckily I have therapists kind of, I have two, I have two therapists kind of walking with me through a lot of other things and, and I'm pretty self-aware in general, but man, does that, does it take it to an, another level? And yeah. so I think the reason why I wanted to bring you guys on the podcast and talk about it is when I tell this story and sometimes I'll tell it in a really detailed way so that everybody can understand like, okay, I'm getting ready to walk into this scenario and we're going to have this ceremony and you're going to have all these situations. And almost everybody looks at me like, holy fucking shit, there's no way, man. There's no way I'm going to do that. And then there might be a week or two goes by and they're like, I'm thinking I might do that. Let's, let's go. Can you set that up? Can we potentially do that? So since I've done it, I've probably had five or six clients of mine do it. And you can see their progress. And you're talking about trauma. Their progress in a gut protocol post DMT is skyrockets it's unbelievable because they're not living in that constant trauma state they're not living in that constant you know fight or flight they're dealing with what's in front of them and so um, we're we're also big dmt fans it's uh, it's definitely i i haven't done five meo we've just i've just done regular dmt but it is a completely different each one of these substances is completely different in their own healing journey and i almost think the variety is really the experience because each one works a little bit differently and yeah, how it and heals. opening pathways and yeah. yeah 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 it's like a it's like a bouquet of flowers if you just get roses it's not quite as exciting as if you get all the flowers that you really like there you go I love so. that. <laughs> and you know that honestly i think that that's the takeaway of this right is you know there's a couple things 
you know, we're, we're all living in, in our own journeys of life and we all have our traumas that we bring. And what we know is if we're not living in this moment, we're not living. And I yeah. think so many people on the planet right now are being distracted. They're being, um, you know, people are taking advantage of being a victim. People are pulling us all in different directions so that we're not living, truly living in the moment. And we're not dealing with the traumas that we have because we're compartmentalizing them or because we're saying, hey, that's not the big deal. It's okay. Yeah. And to be able to take something like this that is being researched that they found great um, advances with and knowing that we can take this micro dose of something that people freak out about because you know it is you know back in the day it was something that you just is not a thing right you just don't do that yeah. and to be able to open ourselves up to being able to heal ourselves and have someone go yes we can we can heal you with this and you can move forward and you can have a good life and you can feel the emotions that you're trying to tamp down. Um, I think that's that's really the takeaway from this. So if someone was to want more information about any of these and because, like you said, it's kind of a different journey for each one of them. And I know that you two have have a lot of expertise in this how would they be able to find you and ask questions or find things out from you uh go ahead with your you do your page first uh you can always ask questions at at soniaspill.com if you have questions about what my experience was like or what working through trauma was like or some things i use with clients like the self-love workbook i'm always open for questions on there um uh for me uh on instagram it's sonic underscore bars and you can hit us up at any point uh, there's a couple of us there that can you know help guide point in the right direction whatever we don't know uh we'll obviously help you and, and focus and just say hey you know whatever you need we can kind of help do this together yeah that's awesome that is awesome and you guys are rock stars like uh i just can't like I can't express my gratitude enough for who you guys are in my life and the people that I know that work with you and just the impact that you're ma making in general and taking the time. I know we've run a little bit longer than you anticipated. Yeah, yeah, we're super so, excited. We're yeah. so passionate. I mean, it's like, we love this. It's stuff. so I mean, cool. Just helping people. Like, that's the thing is it goes back to like, what was the initial mission statement or your why? And now it's like, the responses and the help i mean it just yeah it's amazing i remember we were talking one day about because we have two kids and they're both seven and we were literally like could you imagine what it would have been like for us to be raised with parents with no trauma right because we take on our kids and we were Jeez. talking about that's like a thing that we talk about is like how do we not push our trauma in through our parenting yeah. change the and loop. we were literally like imagine like a world where we had people who weren't parenting with trauma. We parent with trauma. We're trying to be better about it. We're trying to see different experiences and hear our kids and all this other stuff. It's, it's hard, but to be able to have that sort of impact where like we can help generational trauma, it it's going to be fucking, it's a catalyst for it's, change. It's, you know, it's so, it's cool. so cool to hear our kids be able yeah. to talk say hey i'm feeling this and why and hey you know when you do this this affects me in this kind of way and you're like 
these kids are seven. I mean, yeah. it's so yeah, no, like, I just got that ability to, to do those things. So when a seven year old schools me, I'm like, wait a minute, oh, yeah. Same. I need to reevaluate myself. I'm not really feeling like my needs are not right now. Like I just need a forehead kiss. So I wish I could have done that like 15 years ago. That would have saved a lot no of trauma, kidding. a lot of toxic no relationships, kidding. a lot of drug abuse. Now I'm just like, oh, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> ask for your needs to be met. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. I feel anxious. No one talked to me. I don't like, feel safe in this moment. And this, yeah. you know, is there something when, when this happens, this doesn't make me feel safe or loved. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And you know, yeah, you know, the whole thing too, we go back to, I talk to my clients all the time is first, we have to be aware of the needs that we have. And if we're yes. disconnected or if we're compartmentalizing everything, we are not aware of the needs that we have. And that leads to boundary issues and that leads to what we see. So finding our awareness and then being able to express that, that's just going to make us healthier all the way around. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, Thank you guys so much for having us yes, on. Like this actually, just having this conversation gets me re-energized, gets me, I need to find more knowledge. I need to be more research. I need to have more understanding of each of the different strands and what each different strand does. And it's just like, it's exciting, all of it. So thank you so much. Thanks well, for coming. Well, won't be the last time either. So I was just going to say that. Back on again. We'll definitely have yeah. you guys back on again. And um, everything we talked about, we're going to put all your information in the show notes for everyone. So um, like, like we said, guys, you all have any questions about this, uh, reach out. Don't reach out to me. I don't have the information. Reach out to these guys. They know what they're talking about. Um, and so exciting to meet you two today. Hopefully you have a wonderful rest of your week and uh, people are going to reach out to you. I guarantee you, you are making a, a difference. Definitely making a difference in this world. So thank Thanks, you so guys. much. Thank you.